You're listening to a previously recorded episode of The Ninja Starship. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 71 of The Ninja Starship. I am your host, Jimmy McKnight. Joining me, as always, is my partner in pod, Mr. Will Blattman. I have pizza. Life is good. Life is good when Will has pizza. Uh, We just got back from Fantasticon literally a couple hours ago. We spent Saturday and Sunday at Fantasticon in Mount Clemens at Gibraltar Trade Center. And you are definitely going to hear our review of that. Plus, uh, we got some killer interviews for you guys on the way in the second half of the show from Greg Wrights, author of Holliston Friendship is Tragic. Also, David Hayes, author of Rotten Tail from Sourcepoint Press with some awesome news about possibly... uh, no, not possibly. It is going to the silver screen. Yeah. And we also talk to the legendary Mr. Dirk Manning about the Nightmare World Omnibus, including Nightmare World Nightmare World number four. Uh, on this show, in the first hour, we got a new president, ladies and gentlemen. Like it or not, we got a new president. Also, George Perez cuts his contour short. You're going to love the reason why. And... Dwayne Johnson might be making an advance into the political uh, arena. That's weird. I'd vote for The Rock. I'd vote for The Rock. Uh, Finally get the answer to the long question. Can you own a gun and a weed card at the same time? And we're going to close it out with the 15 hottest Power Rangers today on the Ninja Starship. I feel like Jimmy McKnight. Like Jimmy McKnight. Yeah. Wow, you should steal that. That should be a Steve song. It should be. 12, 11, 10, 9. Ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Ninja Star! What's up, Ranger fans? This is Steve Cardenas, a.k.a. Rocky the Red Power Ranger. Hey, this is Eugene Clark from... George Romero's Land of the Dead. Hey, this is Jason Font from Power Rangers Time Force. Hi, this is Mike Zapsick from AMC's Comic Book Men. And this is Ming Chen, also from AMC's Comic Book Men. You are listening. And you're listening to the Ninja Starship Podcast with Jimmy McKnight. A favorite podcast. It has begun. Oh, yeah. Woo! I am awesome. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole is. Hey, man, I was on a UFO. I really was, man. Hey, your cousin and I, man, he had a bag full of dope, man. We met all these chicks, went to a massage bar, and we went on a spaceship. We're in a weed field, man. We got sucked up by the spaceship, man. It's so full of blood and tits, like... What more could you want from a low-budget horror movie? It rules. Well, it eliminates all the other things you don't like, like story. <laughs> so... I hate to break it to you, losers, but Han Solo's a bitch. That are alive, you are coming with me. Yeah, I mean, they call me the genetic jackpot for a reason. Right. Not just because of the athleticism, the big muscles, the cool hair, the good looks. <laughs> I'm also a really, really smart guy. So, you know, always have a plan. The total package right here. <laughs> it's your boy, Kel Mitchell, and you're listening to the Ninja Starship with Jimmy McKnight. Come on, get on the Starship. It's going down. Yo, McKnight, let's get it. Yeah! No, seriously, I do, I do not have a 10-inch penis. No, I do not. Seriously. You were discussing Hulk Hogan's penis. All right. I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop! Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Ten, nine, eight, seven. 
We got a brand new president, Will. I heard a brand new president. The Great Pumpkin has been elected. The 45th (laughs) president of the United States is Donald J. Trump. We're fucked. A a WWE Hall of Famer. A WWE (laughs) Hall of Famer is now the president. And in other news, George Perez cuts his Comic-Con tour short in the future. He's finishing up his prior obligations that he has right now, which just ended, and he will no longer visit any red states that voted for Trump. Oh. George so Perez like, is taking a stand. Where's now, he going to go? Well, Europe? Because that's like pretty much the majority. That's what of the I mean. United most States. of America did. And wow. This is this is my thing. Okay. Like, listen. I, I, I'm not. We're not going to get crazy political here on whose side and policies and right no, and wrong and racist and bullshit and blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, that's it. George Perez is a legend. I'll give him that. Okay. In the in the comic book industry, he's a legend. He is a. Le- and this is all I'm going to say. He is a legend. Based only on his popularity with his fans. Now, if he is going to cut off supporting his fans that live in most of the country because of some political views, personally, I don't agree with it. But that's mine. That's my opinion. He can do what he wants to do. Obviously, he has every right to do that. And if that's his conviction and that's his feeling... You know, more power to him. As an American, he has that right to do so. Whether I like it or not is irrelevant. But I don't fucking like it because, hey, I'm a fan of George Perez. I know a lot of people that are fans of George Perez. A lot of people went to see him in Grand Rapids. A lot of people that didn't get to see him will never see him unless they go to California or wherever the fuck voted blue. Yeah, well, also, like... It's kind of like good for him for being able to afford to do this. It's you know gonna I mean? hurt his pocketbook, you know, dude. Yeah, you know, but it's like it's obviously like he can afford to do this, but still, it's kind of crappy for the fans. And you know, and there's a lot. Of, I, I'm seeing a lot of people posting like, "Well, you know, any con who's willing to take my money, I'll be there." Because a lot of these guys, the cons is where they make their money. They yeah, need, exactly. they need it. Now, there, there's. I have other feelings because it's like, okay, yes, George Perez is a legend, but. Nobody's really talking about George Perez, okay? Yeah. Like, Stan Lee's a legend. A lot of people are talking about Stan Lee all the time. I don't know who George Perez is, exactly. but I know who Stan Lee is, so I'm sorry. You can't be banking that much. Unless, he, you're, a comic book, unless you are a comic book enthusiast, yeah. you don't really know the name. When he yeah. sees his income for next year, like, he'll change his mind he'll afterward. He'll change his mind. I'm he'll sure he's just it. mad, but he's what I see, I see a... a I see a guy who was at the top of his game starting to dwindle down and use this as a way to get his name spoken out there again. Oh, George Perez is going to do this. Now everybody's George Perez, George Perez, George Perez, George Perez. Things go up because he's not going to be here anymore. Now he'll sell more comics because they were autographed and he's never going to come back to that state again. Now, this could all be a one gigantic work. Yeah. Honestly, it could be one huge gigantic work. If it is and it works, dude, my fucking life philosophy, never hate on a hustle, bro, okay? But don't be shitty to your fans, man. That's all I'm saying. Don't be shitty to your fans. Just because we have differences, you choose not to come. That that goes against the entire idea of democracy and freedom. 100%. Now, he does have the right. <laughs> it's just In stupid. a free country to say, fuck us. That's yeah. that's totally his right. Um I mean, but it goes both ways. You know, you if you don't want to support us 
why are we going to waste our time to come support you? Everything that you do has your name on it. Every comic that you draw will have your name on it. And we can just choose not to buy those. I'm sure yeah. a lot of people will do that because they're going to be offended. Like A lot of people already hey, are. How do you think you got your income? How do you think you make money? It's your fans. All I've seen so from people. If you offend them, they will stop buying your shit. That's so true. Because that's how that goes. It is. You All I've ask. seen from people. I haven't seen a positive Why would it side. Be positive? I've seen a negative side of it's fuck idiotic. this guy. And I've seen a, well, it's his right. Oh, but nobody's going, yeah, I'm with George Perez. I haven't seen one comment out of the 60, 70 comments that right. I read on these posts. It was all one or the other. It was fuck this guy or eh, he has the right to do so. Well, yeah, but it's not like you not making money and going to cons is going to like get Trump unelected. So right. it's just no common sense is all that says to me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an emotional response is what it says to me. Well, yeah. You know? And they're like, ooh, but if Hillary was running every time she was on her period, she'd bomb somewhere. Well, first of all, she's <laughs> way too fucking old to have a period. And number two, like... So your theory is screwed. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a dude and he's acting like a bitch. Yeah, I don't know. I just, you know, I, I respect the man for what he's done, what he is, what he's created, the lineage and legacy. And he will have definitely left his name on the world more than most of us ever will. You know, like the average Joe leaves his mark on the world in stone at the graveyard. Speak like for yourself. George Perez has <laughs> fucking everybody in the comic industry knows who this guy is, respects who this guy is. I'm sure a lot of fans will just kind of like, you know, it is what he is. He's mad right now. Let it do it. I mean, that's how I am. I mean, my initial reaction is, yeah, fuck this guy. Like, you're not ever going to come back to Detroit again. Like, we love you here. You don't want to come back because of some dumbass fucking election shit that Tore everybody apart. Yeah, you know, well, and it's. I mean, it's, in the nation of United, well, more people are divided than ever oh, right now. Yeah, you got people beating the fuck out of people because they have a "I support Trump" sticker on their fucking car, or because they're white, or because they're black. And I'm like, hey, guess what? We're all the same. We just have different skin colors. You asshole. Was, I know. Right by where I live, someone I was see one more uh, make America there's, white there's again. A lady sign. That got threatened to get set on fire because she was wearing a. Um, Hubjeeb, what they're called, the a hijab. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, someone, th- some guy came up to her and was like, "Take that off, or I'm gonna set you on fire." Like, oh, hell no. It's like, why are see, you doing not, this, people? No, like, see, that, that, you don't. <laughs> we're supposed to be the land of tolerance, understanding. Yeah. Like, you can come. You like the the image is you are supposed to be able to come here and live your life, do your religion, and do what you need to do. Where it gets out of hand is these people expect us. To then bow to the ways that they had in their country. It's like, no, we're already giving you all these things. We're already giving you all these things. And we're already starting to get political. <laughs> uh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Um, but that's my feelings on it. God damn it. It's just it's just my feelings on it. You know, uh, we, we never go this way. So we're going to go this way right now. God damn it. It's just it is what it is. God damn it. (laughs) Um, Let's move it on. In other news, Dwayne Johnson says he might run for the presidency. So if you are not happy with president-elect China Trump, (laughs) then Dwayne Johnson could be your guy. The question is, in four years, if Trump is no longer president, would George Perez start going back to these states? If The Rock becomes president? Yeah. Will he then be like, well, I don't like wrestling. I'm not coming to any states. Yeah. 
Well, well, like also, that journey to the center of the earth movie sucked. But, I mean, but so the Rock has said it. it did um, suck. <laughs> Ron was it? Ron Pullman, the guy who plays Hellboy. Ron Perlman. Yeah, yeah. He said that he's not ever president. Yeah. Kanye West had. Oh Jesus he was Christ! The first. Shut up, Kanye. You he dumb was, yeah, He was yeah. the first person as soon as Trump announced his his <laughs> presidency. Uh, you know, his intent to run his campaign. Kanye West said, "If Trump wins, I'm running in 2012, in 2020." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. So there's our so I I feel like in four years we may have a shit show for a it, it's got, it reminds me of one California we already had, had that one. governor It'll just race be worse. and it was like Gary Coleman Arnold Schwarzenegger a bunch of other like oh, yeah. you know what I mean there was like ten people running to be governor of California and half of them were former actors. <laughs> I think we should do an 80s standoff. <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme, Stallone, Arnold, Seagal. We'll throw Lundgren in there for good measure, you know, and vote for them. That Those guys are on the campaign trail. And yeah. you have to pick which one. Arnold's going to win. It'd go down hey, between Arnold say, and Stallone. Say, it'd, would, be like the, it'd be like so close. The, the chances of me ever voting Republicans pretty slim, mm-hmm. but if Arnold's on the ticket as Republican candidate, I'm voting for him. Yeah. I know he's not born yeah. in this country, so he can't run for president, but I'm right. just saying... He's trying to let's, change that. Let's make that change. I Last would I heard, he was I trying would, to change that. I would vote for that. I think he would, he would... I would vote for Arnold. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I don't agree I'd with him on everything, Arnold. but I like him, and that's what yeah. matters. If you read his fucking book, <laughs> yeah. he said when he was being coached by the Kennedys yeah. on his, his campaign trail, he goes word for word, the Kennedy told him... It doesn't matter so much what you say. It matters whether or not they like you. Yeah. Well, and it's, uh, and you know what? He likes minorities. Like you know, his mistress was a minority as house cleaner. He, he really likes her, her forever. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, not at least there won't like, be racism. Arnold Schwarzenegger down with the down with the bitches and hoes. Down with not the get, like, extreme. I can say beaners because of Mexican. So a lot of fine. people didn't. A lot of the sure. Republicans didn't like him as governor because they felt like his. A lot of his policies are a little bit more. On he the was very, side. Li- yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think he was a good in betweener, dude. He was a great in betweener, and like that's like I agree with him a lot of it when it comes to that because it's like, you know, I, I I find myself leaning more one way, but like I don't give a shit about the problems that they seem to have. Like, oh, no gay marriage. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> they have every right to be as like, equally who, miserable as the rest saying, of though, us. The like, who are you to tell them cares? they can't be unhappy? Why are you such an angry person? That you fucking can't stand two people being in love just because it's not the, the person you're attracted to. Yeah. You know, I don't understand that shit. It, and you it, know what? it shows limited mindsets. I guarantee these same people watch lesbian porn. I'm just going to throw that out there and say you're a fucking <laughs> hypocrite, okay? Just because it's two dudes. Well, don't watch. Uh, now we can finally answer the age-old question because I know amongst the stoner community, they're all like, oh, dude, you can't buy a gun. Oh, yeah, you can totally buy a gun, dude. No, you can't buy a gun. Oh, yeah, dude. No, listen, my cousin totally went and got a gun, and he's got his card. Well, the court rules that medical marijuana card holders cannot, I repeat, cannot buy firearms. It's for the state of Michigan or for what? All across the United States. Which because court? It, circuit court. Circuit court? U.S. Circuit Court. Because it can make them irrational and unpredictable. What I, it says is this, they're like, oh, there, there needs to be more. Uh, the court, it says, all right, basically, this is coming from Fortune.com. The court ruled a legitimate site. <laughs> the court ruled that 3-0 on Wednesday that a ban preventing medical marijuana card holders from purchasing firearms is not in violation of the Second Amendment. The Associated Press reports that there are nine western states under the appeals court uh, jurisdiction, including Nevada, 
I almost got tripped up on that. <laughs> I'm like, I don't ever read that word. Uh, where the case originated. A lawsuit was filed in 2011 by Nevada State resident S. Rowan Wilson after she tried to purchase a gun for self-defense and was denied based on the federal ban on the sale of guns to users of illegal drugs. Though marijuana has been legalized in some states on a state-by-state basis, it remains illegal under federal law. The court maintained that drug use... Uh, the drug use raises a risk of irrational or unpredictable behavior, which the gun use should not be associated. Wilson claims that she does not actually use marijuana. She simply obtained the card to show her support for its legalization. Bullshit. Uh, the appeals court agreed with guidelines from the Federal Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms and Explosives. Oh, they added that. It's not just the ATF. It's the ATF-E. Oh, wow. Yeah. Alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, and shit that blows up. Somehow <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense, right? <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, we need to have a governing body for this. We're gonna have tobacco. <laughs> you guys firearms. already got all the yeah, covered. We'll just like... we'll just throw that extra one, and you'll get another letter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it says uh, anyway. The, the appeals court agreed with guidelines from the Federal Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives that firearm sellers should assume that medical marijuana card holders use the drug. Alex Crete, marijuana law expert at the San Diego Thomas Jefferson School of Law, expects that this ruling won't be the last we see of this issue. He told the AP that the ruling may be challenged by people who use medical marijuana who will argue, quote, they shouldn't be lumped in with other drug users in terms of concerns about violence, unquote. Like, when was the last time somebody that smoked weed got violent? They're too lazy for right. all that shit. They're just I sitting got, there like, I want food. I got violent. I want to play video games. No, I get violent all the time. I smash the fuck out of some pussy and Oreos every time <laughs> I go <laughs> Like, you're going to get the munchies and go rob a store and be like, I need some yeah, Cheetos, dude, bitch. Like, you don't want to do That's never going to happen. I smoke weed. I want to stay in my house. Right. I don't like going out. No, I don't like doing that I, I want to stay pizza. in my house, order some takeout. And have them deliver. A mile and a half away so my lazy ass doesn't have to get, get up and drive car. over to Domino's. I don't want to do that. Hell no. Because I've done that. You smoke. Allegedly, you smoke and then drive to go get the pizza the whole time. You're like, oh, God, I don't want to get pulled over. Oh, God, I'm right. Pulled over. Yeah. right. Exactly. I should so, be driving. Potheads don't cause accidents. You know what causes accidents? Drunk drivers. Drunk you know drivers. who, what irrational thinking goes on when somebody has a gun in their hand? A drunk person. I have never not a heard person. of a mass shooting so done by somebody under the influence of marijuana. Because it will never, I've never ever, heard ever of an happen. accidental shooting has been done by dude, someone. Dude, you get high, what, shoot a gun? So I'll, oh, shit, dude, that's loud here. Like, I'm pretty sure pot is what keeps me from killing people. It's the only right? reason yeah. Chris is alive. I promise you that. Sure. So, I, I Listen, like I like everybody says, like, oh, it's not addictive. It may not be physically, but let me tell you something about uh, mentally. Yes, it is 100% because I will have a bad day. Just like you'll be yeah. like, wine may not be, or uh, alcohol is addicting. Yes. But yeah. if you just like, if Definitely. you're a casual, like, oh, I like my glass of wine at the yeah. end of the day. Like I like to smoke a joint at the end of the day. Right. If you're having a bad day, all you are thinking about is, is getting off work. And smoking that dube in my recliner, watching last night's episode of Rocco's Modern Life. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So true. And it is. It's on the splat. Teen Nick, bitch. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, so what do you, what, I mean, you know, what, what is this going to do? I mean, obviously this is going to cause backlash, just like this guy Alex Crete says from the San Diego Thomas Jefferson School of Law. 
that, you know, we're not going to be lumped in with other drug users because, you know, we might run out of weed. We're not going to be so sick to the point and desperate that we're willing to go kill somebody and, you know, rob their shit just to go smoke a dupe, dude. Because guess what? Weed is one of them drugs that if you have a guilty conscience, you should not be smoking it because it amplifies all the feelings, good and bad. If you have a guilty fucking conscience and you smoke, son, you're going to be like, oh, shit, I'm such a piece of shit. I shouldn't have done that. Oh, shit. You know what I mean? Well, or if you're drunk, you're all, fuck it. Well, also, it's, it's kind of like it's a medical marijuana card. So does that mean when you get a subscription to, you know, painkillers or you know, steroids or whatever, like you get from your doctor. Does that mean you can't go buy a gun then? Like, it just makes no sense. Well, that's another thing. They're saying, you know, these got these other pills that are straight up addictive, but it doesn't have a federal ban. The federal ban is what does it because it puts you under that. uh, What what the fuck did it say they were? Uh, uh, Unpredictable and irrational. Oh, my God. Like, you're not going to accidentally slip your safety off. You're not walking around carrying a gum when you're stoned Listen, anyway. You're I just am totally predictable weed. when I'm stoned. And you're like, what's the meaning of life? Yeah. I right. don't know, man. What do you think? Right. I don't know, man. Or you get you're online not, like, real quick. You're not like, let's go shoot some people. Said no pothead ever. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like, it's like you know, you are. Shit you are, you know, you do time. say that on Overwatch. We're all going to go play Overwatch and shoot <laughs> some motherfuckers. Right. Like, that's about it. That's that's where these guns are going to be. They're going to be playing Call of Duty and Overwatch. Yeah, you know? unpredictable and irrational. Team behavior online gaming. Yes. <laughs> it, I remember in the past, like, something actually had to happen that was bad for laws to actually be enacted. Like, that's why laws are created. Mm-hmm. is because they're like, oh, shit, this really bad thing happened. Maybe we should make a law to say it's illegal so that other people don't go around and do it because we can't prosecute this jackass. Mm-hmm. Um there is no, there are literally no instances of somebody getting just straight high off marijuana and going and shooting literally anyone because they this, were the, under the influence of straight marijuana. This all comes down to is it taxable? What how much money can we make on it keeping it illegal? Conspiracy theories and blah blah blah. Like this could open up the door. We could do five hours on this one subject. That's not well, I'm, conspiracy. I'm just theory, waiting to see because because I kind of thirteen feel like, families that run the, the the world. Well, I kind of feel like though. What's the the you know NRA going to say about this? Because it's, it's it's however they decide the rule of this. Because that's who's going to come at this. <laughs> They're probably like. What is we want everybody to be shooting our goddamn guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's just it, this the National con- Redneck well, Association. <laughs> well, it's just it, it's, it's also kind of controversy too, though, because it's kind of like I mean, I'm just, I'm just joking because a lot well, the, but, no, but a lot of pro gun people tend to also be a, slightly the, the the extreme political ones. Is yeah, what I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying, Republican. I'm not, I'm not talking about the average Joes. I'm talking yeah. about you know the the, the higher ups and some of the political parties. Are going to be the the ones who are all about giving guns to people, uh-huh. or also all about keeping the weed off the street. So it's <laughs> it's kind of this cross section where it's going to be interesting to see how the people who are the ones paying for the lawyers to to fight these cases. This really has to affect like the bong and paper or rolling paper companies, yeah, because they got to be like, man, we don't know where these people are going to go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like we got to move. All right, be like this month, everybody hates or everybody's against guns, so we got to move our stuff to the southern states. <laughs> now we're gonna. Oh, nope, they like guns again. Let's pull out. We're gonna go to California. <laughs> you know. Well, and I don't get either. I guess before you posted this article, I would have never thought that you couldn't do it. 
what uh, own a gun and and that military and, 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 Oh yeah, well, I never crossed my mind what that, the, that was a thing. What it was because they're not irrational. Like, first, it was like, no, you can't, you can't have it because that's just what it was. Then it was, no, you can because you're not, you're just not allowed to grow in the same place that uh, your gun is registered to. So you couldn't have your growing license registered to the same place your gun was licensed yeah. to. But there is also the okay. Now, what happens if one person is in the home that? Has a has a, a weapon, but doesn't have a medical marijuana card. And then there's a person who does have a medical marijuana card, like a husband and wife living in the same home. How does that happen, or, or or what can happen? From what I read, there is a charge that can happen. Like for like, if she has say say the wife has the gun and yeah. the dude's the pothead. The wife leaves her gun on the mm-hmm. fucking dresser. Cops bust in because they smell weed. They see that gun. Now there's a conflict of interest, and they can fucking charge the girl. Uh, I can't remember the name of the guy, but they can charge her with a crime for having the gun basically like open and out and unlocked and, and there. Like it has to be like locked away, put away and fucking huh. all that shit. Yeah. That's See, just, crazy. All this boggles my mind because I live in Ann Arbor, so it's just like- Weeds everywhere. No one cares. No, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Nobody no one, cares. No one cares. So Nobody cares, like, period, really. Yeah. It's only people that care are people that have Lawmakers. money. Yeah. Money coming that- out of it. Money co- coming out of making it illegal. Yeah, those are the people that are all talking about the shit. Drug I mean, companies. Look at it. They don't look want at it, it everywhere, man. It's everywhere. It's like, oh no, we's going to do this from the beginning of time. Fucking William Randolph Hearst, you giant piece of shit. You're the one that started all this back in the day, printing anti fucking marijuana legislature, anti marijuana propaganda, and it caused all of this shit. That's and now and people For are the like gain of prescription drugs, right? Duh, right. That's just history. People look it up. Do your history. <laughs> all right, that's it. When we Hold on. Kept, I do want to say what? one more thing. Go ahead. Quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, honestly, like my sister's boyfriend's dad was diagnosed with cancer, mm-hmm. big tumor, and he's been using um, this medical marijuana oil, putting it on vanilla wafers and eating it. Yeah, yeah, and, TCB oil. Yeah, and yeah. his tumor is actually. That shrinking. always makes me think TCBY. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, ooh, ice cream. Ah. <laughs> but it's shrinking. Over. It's working. Yeah, it actually you know, is there, working. Do you know how many cases there are of that all over A the ton. place? Like, I'm wearing my tie dye shirt now just because ton. I knew we were going to talk about this shit. <laughs> I just read uh, the Marijuana Manifesto by Jesse Ventura, and now like, okay, listen, I, I'm all for like, oh, you know, I, I understand like this helps cancer, and then there's this, but yeah. I just gotta say real quick, like there's this fucking story about this dude in the beginning of that book mm-hmm. where he's like, oh, if I didn't fucking smoke like right away I just had immediate depression and I was gonna die and I'd be on the floor in agony it's like wait huh? wait a minute you mean you went your whole life like that before somebody was like here bro hit this and now you feel better <laughs> I don't believe it's that like, no I don't believe it like That's there's bullshit. there's there's extreme cases and then dude there is some extreme cases and like this dude was one of those and it's like you are making you're taking all the legitimacy out of the actual extreme cases yeah. with your fucking stupid shit. With your shit. fake extreme case. But all in all, it's a decent book. There's some good stuff on there. So okay. Let's check that out. We kind of went serious. I know. Yeah, it was this, weird. This is like probably the most serious podcast we've had in a while. So Who far, are we? I know. <laughs> all right. Let's take a break and talk about Hot Power Rangers. All right. All right. All right. Spoiler alert. The 15. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back on the Ninja Starship. The people have spoken. Just as J.J. Abrams did with Star Wars, I will make this country great again. This isn't how it was supposed to happen. All my efforts the past week have paid off. And now, let's begin. Fucking them all to death! 
as promised, the 15. We're going to count down the 15 hottest Power Rangers as provided to us by therichest.com. Number 15, Catherine Sutherland, Pink Ranger. I feel like a lot of Pink Rangers are going to be on this list. I have a feeling, too. <laughs> I'm going to say most. Definitely has there, most. Has there been 15 Pink Rangers? Uh, probably. Close to, yeah. Definitely in the history of like the whole <laughs> Ranger thing. Yeah, yeah there has. I don't, I don't know. Somebody uh, out there who's listening, count how many Pink Rangers there were and call in and talk to us. 248-579-5260. Yeah, Kat, she played the Pink Ranger in uh, Mighty Morphin Pink. She took over for Kim, and then she played uh, Pink Ranger uh, in uh, Power Ranger Zero. Uh, Gina Varela, Charlie, the Red Ranger. We have a caller? Oh, somebody already got the answer. Go ahead. (laughs) Oh. All right, caller, go ahead. You're on the Ninja Starship. What's up, man? It's Michael. Michael, what's going on? No, much, man. Just watching some basketball. Word. What are you watching? Uh, North Carolina versus Chattanooga. There you go. Who's winning? Uh, North Carolina. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we uh, we found this sweet ass list, man, and uh, we're we're okay. we're going over the 15 hottest Power Rangers according to therichest.com. Uh, number 15 came in it with Cat Sutherland. Okay. She's the last like on the that. list. Like that's weird to me. You know, yeah, that 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 is weird. Because, dude, in Turbo, like, she was fine in, back in the day, man. Oh Good my god, god yeah. so fine. Uh, Gina Varela, Charlie the Red Ranger from SPD. Oh, the chick, yeah, uh, from the A Squad. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's uh, see. I think she's okay. Number thirteen, Brittany Ann Pirtle, Emily the Yellow Ranger from Samurai. Oh, from Samurai. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, not, not great. Uh, I, I know who you're hoping for is at the top of this list. I think it's the same one. I already, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've seen this list, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I know where she's at on the list. But. All right. <laughs> uh, Sally Martin, Tori, the Blue Ranger oh, from yeah, Ninja Storm. From Ninja Storm. I'm not, she's, dude, Kat is way prettier than her. I don't know how she got on number 12. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, Camille Hyde is at number 11. These people are nuts, dude. Nice. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What do we got here? Ten. That's definitely hotter than her for sure. Cat. Oh, dude. Hundred percent. Yeah. And if anybody, if there's any other Ranger fans out there that are listening right now, call in two four eight five seven nine five two six zero. Because if you disagree <laughs> with this list, we're gonna talk about this stuff, yeah. and we want to know your favorites as well. Uh, Caitlin Murphy, Ronnie, Yellow Ranger from Operation Overdrive. Operation Overdrive. Yep. Uh, number nine, Melody Perkins. Uh, Corone, Pink Ranger from Lost Galaxy. Okay. That's three Pink Rangers. That's not a bad thing. Three Pink Rangers so far? Yeah, it's three. Okay. Uh, oh, dude, this is this should be way higher on the list. Just saying. Serena <laughs> Vincent, Maya, the Yellow oh Ranger my God. <laughs> from Lost Galaxy. No, dude, Serena Vincent is so goddamn gorgeous. When I met her at Power Morphicon. three for sure. Dude. Definitely top three, Michael. Michael, uh, you can uh, you can uh, back me up on this. When we were in Power Morphicon, she signed an autograph She's for me. Way hotter, way hotter, way in hotter in person, and she signed it to the hottest podcaster ever. Aww. I was like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, let's see, number seven, Alicia Perot, Sid, Pink Ranger, SPD, SPD. Is that how you spell yep. your name, Alicia? I think it's I think it's Alish, uh, uh, Alicia. Oh, I can't even pronounce it. Alicia? Yeah, something like that. I don't oh, know. They call her Alice. Uh, Rose McIver. 
Summer, the Yellow oh, Ranger. I, oh yeah, dude, I love her. Oh yeah, especially in iZombie Zombie when she cut her hair. I was gonna oh, say yeah, goodness. she's like she's an iZombie Zombie now. Well, who's she in iZombie? Zombie? Yeah, it's the fucking zombie, the main, the main one. That's her. Yeah, Rose McIver. Yeah. I'm looking at the wrong one. I did not realize number she's, four. Yeah, she's yeah, number four. She was number one on my list. <laughs> I need to go back and watch this season of Power Rangers. Uh, number five, Emma Lahana, Kira, the Yellow Ranger from Dino Thunder. From Dino Thunder. Yeah. Yeah, I thought she was pretty cute. Number four, Anna Hutchinson, Lily, the Yellow oh Ranger from Jungle Fury. I, I think there's her. more Yellow Rangers on this list. There than is. Think. There's definitely more Yellow Rangers. Uh, Erica Fong, Mia, the Pink Ranger from uh, Samurai and Super Samurai. Uh, oh, shit, dude. Here she is. That's she, my girl. She only number hit number two. two. Ciara Hannah Gia, the Yellow Ranger from Megaforce yeah. and Super Megaforce. Uh, that's, that's my girl. That that arguably is number one on every single list. Just say it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think very, this list has a true. slight bias to it. There is a major bias to it. I won't lie about that. <laughs> like, no, dude, this girl is so goddamn hot, it's ridiculous. Like, her ass is so nice, it's a shame she has to sit down on it. No, I, I mean, the number, who, the number one is on this list. I think there's some... You know what I mean? Like, like the number one on this uh, list. The number is, one is so goddamn generic. Yeah, dude. yeah. Like it was. It, it's the OG original. <laughs> no. Amy Jo Johnson, Johnson, Kimberly, Mighty Morphin, Pink Ranger. So, you want to know what I found interesting about this list is that Aaron Cahill from Time Force is not on it at all. At all. Not at in all. one damn spot. Yeah, I kind of want to know who assembled this list. Yeah, who did? Who assembled this list? The richest. They assembled it, but it's like... <laughs> but, like, like, what was their criteria, Did though? you just, like, yeah, did you go online and, like, look up who was most popular? Or did you actually go out and talk to people? Or Probably did you go like, to some like, cons? Yeah, no, or, right. Where was your goddamn source material for research? Were, were you going <laughs> off of watching the episodes and who was hotter in the actual show? Or, like, who's hotter now at the time of writing this list? Like, yeah. Oh, dude, Serena Vincent, like, bro. <sighs> She's so close. Yeah, Serena Vincent's sexy. <laughs> Cool. Uh, so, uh, for sure. Mike, you went to Ranger Stop talking about uh, Power Ranger stuff real quick before I let you go. I want you to give me a, a recap on Ranger Stop and uh, how it, how everything went down. It was like what what the fifteenth year for uh, or fifteenth anniversary it was for the, um, uh, the Time 15 Force. Fifteen year uh, Time Force anniversary. They've been touring, um, you know, all year together. They did Lexington and then Morphicon and then now this. So. Um, it was pretty cool. I, I was working obviously with, um, the mega force cast, so I didn't really get to do much, but I mean, I'm not complaining. It's awesome hanging out with those guys and Tabitha and everybody. So shout out Minshew entertainment. What's up? I said, shout out Minshew entertainment. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I love those guys, man. They're all super awesome. So especially Mikey who runs the con, he's a good friend. So it was, it was nice seeing everybody, you know? Yeah. Very cool, man. Well, thank you for calling in, dude. I'm glad you had a good time at Ranger Stop, and I will see you at Lexington. Um, hopefully, I'm trying to go because Rose MacGyver is going to be there. Oh, damn, dude! I'm definitely going. This <laughs> yeah, year. Will's like, I have to go there this year. <laughs> I'm going. He'll kill me if yeah. I don't take him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. It was great yeah. talking to you. We'll talk to you later on. All right, man. Thanks for calling later. in. All right, as we said, we kind of we kind of teased this a little bit. Um, oh wait, should we talk about uh, the Crypt Keeper? TNT announces yeah, the return I'm, of Tales of the Crypt. I'm excited about this. What do, you, what do you know about this? That hopefully it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? Is it coming to Netflix or what? 
Channel no, no, TNT. TNT's brand. Oh, yeah. good. Um, I did hear, though, that like the first time I heard about this, I heard that these guys were like, they were taking all these uh, uh, audience participation for like ideas for episodes yeah. and shit like that. It was like, like they didn't have any. So they were like, everybody send in your shit and then we'll try to create something from that. Like if it's based on that, that scares me. But if this is going to be like a good team, like I don't, I, I don't see anywhere in this article where it tells, tells me who the writer is or anything, but I exempt, I didn't really read yeah. it. I just read the, the headline, but uh, I'm down for this. I, at least to see it, just to see it, what where they're going to go with it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, I've been surprised before when it's like, oh, it's some writer we don't know, or some this is we don't know. Like Tim Miller, the guy that fucking directed uh, Deadpool, he only did some game things and a couple other things before then, and then Deadpool was amazing. Are we gonna talk about that news. We can talk about that. Yeah, I'll talk yeah. About he, that uh, we'll talk about it right now. Okay, talk about it right now. Deadpool two, Tim Miller left. Yeah, he, he's he, done. I mean, this is old news, but we never talked they, about it. Yeah, so. he disagreed. The rumor is him and Ronald Reynolds disagreed over, um, over the casting creative of, differences. Uh, over the casting of Cable is the rumor. That's what happened. He wanted, um, he wanted. Oh, shoot, what's the guy's name? Stephen Lang. No, thank God. No, he wanted. Oh shoot, I can't think of the guy's name off the top of my head. I don't know. Oh, oh. Man, it's driving me nuts. I can't think who he is. Well, we'll think of it. We'll come up with it later. Yeah. Anyway, but, it's um, over that. But he wanted that guy, supposedly, and Ryan Reynolds did not. So wanted he another guy. So now, rumor is he's going to go direct the Sonic the Hedgehog movie for Sony. That's what I heard. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like a... Step down. <laughs> majorly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, so you don't want to do Deadpool. That's really all you ever did that's worth a fuck. Uh, we'll let you do Sonic the Hedgehog. How's that? We yeah. won't fire you, but we'll let you do this. I don't know, man. I mean, I, I, I'm a little worried. Um, I, I, I wanted to stay in the same. I think what, what made the first one so good was that he didn't have the big budget because that's what I heard that this was about, that he wanted a bigger budget and he didn't want to keep it in the uh, the $60 million range that it was made for the first time. No, he yeah. wants to get paid for that. Yeah, he wants to get paid. I get it. But you know, you know what? It sounds like he was involved creatively during the first one, right? Yeah. And he now he's director. being yeah. involved creatively in the second one. So I feel like as long as he's there, he's it like the be guy good. in charge. He's like the main right. dude. He's like, the one that you're pushed the director. Them to do it. You're the one that tells everybody what to do. And, you know, if you and if you and the. Okay, look, there's been a history of this throughout the, the whole movie industry of directors and lead actors clashing on, on all kinds yeah. of shit. All kinds of shit. Right. Uh, the. the at least in our circles, the most the most noted, Bruce Willis and Kevin Smith, they hate each other because of cop out. Now we don't know if Tim Miller and Ryan Reynolds hate each other or if it's just all right, fuck you. We're gonna we're gonna keep working on this without you. See you later. Have fun on Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, I mean, it, look what he did help to do Deadpool. I'm not saying that Sonic. You are same, not gonna get but... Deadpool quality movie out of a Sonic the Hedgehog no. property. No. I don't give a fuck no. how awesome you make it. Yeah, that's ridiculous. They're just like, oh, yeah, you're good with video games? Here's some Sonic stuff. And he's like, I'm going to rock the fuck out of this Sonic. This is going to be better than Deadpool 2. Okay, no. Deadpool was hands down, <laughs> like, probably the greatest movie I've seen in the last couple of years because I was in love with it. Yeah. So. It's pretty amazing. Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> All right. Let's take another break. Let's take a break. We're going to come back and talk fantastic kind of stuff. That way we can segue and do it easier. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. All right. Let's take a break. More when we come back on the Ninja Star. Bob, you're fired. You're fired! 
You're fucking fired, Bob! Clean out your locker at the club, Bob. You're fucking fired! I don't fucking care what he told you, okay? I'm talking about 40 million fucking Deutschmark here, Bob! 40 million fucking Deutschmark! I told you to wire the money to Geneva last week! I say Geneva! You hear Helsinki? Huh? 40 million fucking Deutschmark, Bob! Fantasticon, Mount Clemens, 2016, Saturday and Sunday. It's Sunday. We just left a little bit of while or a little while ago. Um, what's your thoughts on this con, Will? Because listen, man, I, I want to give it. I want to give it. Uh, if it okay, it, I'll put it this way: If it was going to be a personal, a personal rating um, on the time that I had. Just simply the fact that I got to run into all my friends, Dirk Manning, Dave Hayes, Casey Pierce, Rich Bloom, Eric Gutierrez, the Podcast Detroit family. Basically, you know, all of our group was there. So I had a great time. I got to see everybody and talk to everybody. Um, As far as a professional convention rating, uh, I would have to give this – I don't even want to give it a number, dude. It was pretty low. It was pretty low. I just – it was a glorified fucking trade show. Yeah, like in, in general, I really just hope that like it wasn't anyone's first con. You know what I mean? Like to get I, like, like, oh, this is how. Yeah, yeah. Like I really hope. I mean, in, in Fantastic Con last year was fantastic. Like, dude, listen, we've been. <laughs> it was. That's what. That's what. Yeah. You guys are trying to make this my first con. You're no, like, no. We, well, hey, we were going off of what happened last year. Last year, they brought Ming and Mike from Comic oh, Book wow. Men, our, our guys. They had a couple guys from the, they had at least one person from The Walking they Dead. They had Thaddeus from The Walking yeah. Dead. Like they oh, had a, wow. It was a much bigger Data, setup. Data from Star Trek was supposed to be there, but right. had to cancel the last no, 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 no. Uh, Jonathan Frakes. Yes. Yeah, Jonathan Frakes. So there was like- That all would have been worth it. There was a lineup of some people. It wasn't that many, but there was a couple. That's good and, like, for me. All the Ghostbusters showed up. Like there was, It was a much different, a whole yeah. different feel, feel even. Feel. It didn't quite feel the same. Yeah. Like this year was kind of like we're here. Uh, there's nothing here really. Like I mean, I, I bought a sweet ass uh, uh, Predator action figure. I got the thermal image Dutch. Yeah, right? it's Arnold Schwarzenegger looking all like thermal camo and shit. It's pretty sweet. I, I didn't use the the uh, promo code Ninja Star Pod, and I ended up buying the Rot Number One from uh, David Hayes himself uh, at the person? God. Yeah, yeah person. Okay, okay. But so, I mean, I bought that. I bought a couple decals from my boy at Heads Up Studio, uh-huh. Jay, because um, his decals are fantastic. So I got the, his new Stay Puff and Bender. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, and I bought a uh, random Steven Universe print because it was uh, my favorite character. It was five bucks. I think that there's there has to be like some some kind of logistical issues with this, you know, whether it be with the proprietor of Fantasticon and Gibraltar Trade Center, uh, be it that there was a gun and knife show right there. Maybe there was more vendors sold for that there than was, there was for there was a knife show last year too because right, we almost walked into that. We don't, we don't know. We don't know the specifics. There could have been more tables sold on that side than there was on this side, oh. which screwed him. You know, I, oh, I mean, yeah. who knows? I'm not saying like well, Fantasticon is not a bad show, dude. It really isn't. No, for sure. This one wasn't the best. Well, and Fantasticon's a traveling show. That's they, what they I mean. Do, they do a Birch Run. They do a Fort Wayne. They Toledo. Toledo. And it's like, yep. and you know, I have a friend who went to the Fort Wayne one like two weeks ago. And he said it was a great time. He yeah. loved it. Yeah, Fantastic Con last year was fantastic. Fantastic, like, literally. Yeah, you know, it like just, this one just it, it I, fell short. I think man. it brings up a, a, the the bigger point is, I think especially in Detroit area that 
there's just a saturation of Comic Cons. I I will agree with that to the point where outside of a media guest, it affects the comic people as far as comics go. But this is where I have to kind of think more open-minded because like I get the bitch of the comic artist and the writer that all these fucking media people are coming in and they're taking away from the heart of what an actual comic con is. It's a comic book convention and blah, 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 blah. Listen, bro, you write science fiction, action, horror, all these genres are also in film. It's not just in, in, in print. It's in film. People don't just read. They watch that. The same people that read your book are going to go see star Wars. And they're going to want to meet the people that were in Star Wars just like they want to meet you. Maybe not as much because they're in Star Wars and your book ain't fucking Star Wars. But it's the same thing. You see what I'm saying? Well, but also, too, though, it's like, you know, like a con the size of like Fantastic Con, a couple media guests really helps to bring the people there, which then helps support. I think the convention that Hollywood has taken over is San Diego Comic Con. Like, Uh and that's, but at the same time, though, so Hollywood took over San Diego Comic Con. But you've seen the rise of New York Comic Con, and that's very comic centric. Been beating it in attendance. Yeah, last you two have years in a row. Marvel and you have DC being very comic centric. So I, I think it's just people have the different fields. You have the Walker Soccer Cons mm-hmm. that are very people go there because they want to see Wizard Worlds. Yeah, there's you know and you have the Wizard Worlds that Wizard World I think focuses heavily on media guests. big time. Big you know, time. and, and yeah. I think another good blend is like C2E2, like yep. Okan that we always attend. Yep. You know, that's a nice blend of both having the big media guests, but also having great tables. Oh, by the way, announcement, tables. we can do it. We can all go to C2E2 this year. Yeah, we talked about it last week. Did we? Yeah. Oh, well, I forgot. I'm just excited. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I didn't mean to sidetrack. Go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I just feel like the smaller cons in this area is maybe getting a little too much. Because people only have so much money. You only have so much Time. I mean, I've had to miss three cons in the last two months because of money, you know. It comes down to the name, okay? A lot of these guys that we see, and I'm not going to name names, okay? But a lot of these guys that we see that are these vendors, that are these writers and artists, we see them at every fucking show, okay? When... They're not known for anything other than they did a run that got a Marvel run or a DC run, yeah. or maybe they did two or three 10 years ago, and that's it. You know what I mean? Like, you're gonna, you're gonna, if you're a fan of that book or that story arc in a very specific fan base, then these guys are gonna do good. But as far as like, Today, there was no lines at anybody's table. No. No. Was, the attendance was not very high. Today. No. Now, that's not saying that certain people didn't do good because we we do know of some vendors that did great, yeah, especially know, the first day, a couple vendors sold that out of things. So great either. And, and then there was a lot of vendors that exactly didn't do anything. Like the, It seemed like uh, outside of the outskirts, everything down the aisleways, the artist alley, man, people were crying, dude. There was nothing happening. Yeah, people just – and it's just – but it's just one but of But it had that like, blah feel, but, dude. As well, soon as you I walked mean, in there, it was like, where's the fucking room energy? Yeah, well, it's just one of those things, again, like, you know, you can only go you can only go to the X amount cons. Granted, Fantastic Con has a very low admission to get in, which is nice. 
Because, like, Wizard World, which is a huge con, yeah. is super expensive. It is. C2E2, which is also a huge it's con, expensive. is not as expensive as Wizard World. No but, shit. But it's way more expensive than, you know, Fantastic Con. Yeah. But still, though, Fantastic Con's a different feel, different thing. Yeah. Um, but it's just, like, it's one of those things where it's like, all right, you're going to Fantastic Con, but most of the people that are going to be there are people you just saw a few, like, what, a month ago at Monroe Comic Con? Yeah. You know, that's that's what I think. That's what I think. It's a lot of the same people. All those people, all those same people were there. But guess what? Monroe Comic Con blew this away because they had names there. They had media guests. That's why they've gotten. Listen, bro. It didn't just get oversaturated with media guests because the comic book industry was kicking fucking ass. That's not how it happened. They had to bring in these people. Because nobody was showing up for this because of the same thing that happened. All these, you know. Now you might see these guys, but guess what? You can still see the same people for two or three years before you're done. Well, yeah, and I, I mean, I also think too, like, and I've talked to two separate different vendors, like artists, and they've told me that they're that they're actually thinking about not doing as many repeat cons as they have and go do new ones. For the same reason. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I was at Fantastic Con last year. I'm at Fantastic Con this year. I was at Monroe Comic Con. Yeah. I'm at Miller City. Right. Like, so I see a lot of these guys over and over again. So a lot of these guys, it's kind of like, oh, I already have what artwork years I like. I already have. Yeah. And it's also like, like the, the I'm a printer. There's not guy. enough time for turnaround. Yeah. And, and I love buying prints, too. Mm-hmm. I still have 10 prints in my comic, that uh, in my closet that I bought within the last year and a half that yeah. I haven't framed to have wall space to hang them up, you know? Right. So at a certain point, it's like, do I keep buying prints and have nothing to do with them, or do I start, you know, buying something else? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I like I, I agree with you as far as like I, I there is a saturation. One hundred percent, there's a saturation. There is a con every weekend somewhere. Like that's how I found that Vegas con. I was out in Vegas, and I'm like, well, there's guaranteed something kind of going on. I think, sure as shit, there was a comic con. I think between Michigan, Ohio, Indiana. If you wanted to, you could probably attend a Comic Con almost every weekend. Mm-hmm. Easily, you could easily find fifty-two comics cons to go. To. Right now, see, we're different though, as far as our medium. You know, our medium is not the comic industry medium. Yeah. Our medium is broadcasting. Yeah. Okay. We are we are in in recording broadcasting. We put on a, a, a show. Okay. We have to be at all those shows because. For the chance of somebody is there that's new, you know. So yeah, you are always going to see us. But there's guys that I have never talked to that I see at every single show that I'm not interested in. You know, like there's one person that like (laughs) the poor girl shows up every year to the same show and nobody comes and talks to her. Yeah, and I feel bad because it's like you're. I mean, you're riding on the wave of this one thing. You know, and now is it now this can bring up another conversation. Does it come to the point of someone being egotistical, thinking like I did this one thing, so now I should be able to ride this wave? Or you know what I mean? Like, okay, you appeared once on a TV show and now you think you have a Comic Con career. Yeah. That doesn't work. It depends on the show. You appeared on a couple episodes of the fucking Walking Dead, you got a you got a Comic Con career for at least a year, if not yeah. two. Yeah, okay. especially depending on how big your death was. Right, but if you were on fucking Pawn Stars <laughs> for one episode and you're got you want a fucking Comic Con career, that's not going to happen. Yeah, so nobody like, cares. Like, like a shout out to Josh from Top Rope Review. 
He was on Nostalgic Inc. for one episode. Then he needs to have a booth at every yeah. fucking Comic Con yeah. <laughs> to show that he got tattooed on that show. show. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Like it, no one, no one's lining up to to have him sign a picture of his tattoo. I think what <laughs> what we're saying in general is there needs to be some kind of radical change in the movement of comic conventions that we know of right now. There I has think, to be something that changes. I mean, so this is like. Me thinking like other things, but I think maybe something that that like you know, wrestle. I'm a big wrestling guy, uh-huh. you know, and the smart wrestling promoters pay attention to what's going on in the area yeah. and pay attention to other wrestling promotions and when they're doing their booking, what they're doing, right. you know. And I think maybe, and I know, I know some of the the, the more mid sized and bigger conventions. All like the people who promote them, run them, all kind of know each other, and those guys do kind of work together. I think some of these smaller cons, they need to kind of think more about like what's going on, you know? Because I mean, most people only make X amount of money, so there's only so much money to be had in the comic game. I think like now, a lot of people think there's big money in comic conventions, so everyone's trying to start one. That's true. A lot of people think it's an easy cash grab, yeah. but they don't know that a lot of these guys don't make a lot of profit the first five fucking years of doing the show. You know, yeah, they, they barely break even with guest commitments and all that other kind of shit that they have to pay. You know, it does. It, it, yeah. They and, have and to have it. And there's different types of conventions like Yomakan's a convention where it's a uh, ticket price isn't too bad and no one's allowed to charge for autographs there mm-hmm. because they have the financial background to pay their guests what's paid. Right. There's other conventions where if you if a guest if a media guest is told that we'll pay you five thousand dollars, you charge ten dollars for an autograph. If you don't make that five thousand dollars off your autographs, we pay you the difference. Right. You know, so it's just like people don't realize that there's a lot of money that goes into comic conventions. Let's uh let's get into some of the in- interviews that we did take from uh, Fantasticon because it wasn't it was not a complete waste. Like I said, no. if I rated mine out of a, a one to ten scale, it's definitely going to be a nine out of ten because I got to see everybody that I love and 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 it was a lot of fun as far as that goes. Yeah, I love seeing the source point guys. You know? That's where it it's, all comes. You know? Great segue, Will. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of source point, you have heard us promote this graphic novel for the last two months. Uh, source point Press published Holliston. Friendship is Tragic, written by Mr. Greg Wrights. He is one of the most kindest, nicest, I almost said gentlest, but I wouldn't want to be like, hey, how you doing there, Greg Wright? (laughs) (laughs) No, he's uh, he's one of the kindest, most uh, 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 just nicest people that you can meet out there. And and he's always hustling his ass off at that SourcePoint press booth, man. Every time you see... Greg out there, hi, my name's Greg. Can I talk to you about Monsters? Hi, my name's Greg. Can I talk to you about Holliston? <laughs> you know, and, and he's he's an extremely talented writer. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, from Fantasticon 2016 in Mount Clemens, Mr. Greg Wright. Hello there. I'm talking into fancy Ghostbuster equipment. Does that work? <laughs> that works. All right, sweet. All right. Yeah, right. yeah, there you go. All right, we're here. That, that's, that's the opening. We're just yeah. going to start with that. Boom, Ghostbuster uh, equipment. Boom, Ghostbuster equipment. I'm here on the floor reporting to you live. Well, it won't be live when you guys hear this, but we're on the floor of Fantasticon 2016 with the amazingly talented Mr. Greg Wright. How are you, sir? Good, good, good. And I am alive, so it is live technically. Yes, because you, you know, live, I'm a, you're right. You recorded live. That way, we're not editing it. We're not editing it. <laughs> you're getting this off. <laughs> um, but you... 
are the man behind Holliston. Yes. Friendship is tragic. We yes. have been promoting this on my show, I want to say, two months now. This is awesome. Every single episode. Thank you. Thank you. Thank I you. I made a commercial for you. Nice. Sweet. <laughs> um, thank you. But, it, I mean, being received very well, uh, I loved it. Oh, thank um, you. I want to know about the, the creative process of this, though, because, Absolutely. like, this was, this was a... Uh, uh, an existing property mm-hmm. already uh, mm-hmm. from Adam Green, yes. and like from reading uh, just in the intro of it, he really like mm-hmm. took care of this. Like this was something that he, he lost and got it back, and like so this is kind of his baby. And then you're charged with taking something so precious to somebody right. and putting your spin on it. So no pressure, or nothing, right? Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, how was that? Oh, it was very intimidating uh, because it, his character is Adam Green. He writes it. He directs it. The TV show is based on his life. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's a high bar to clear. So I watched the show. I rewatched the show. And I was like, okay, I think I could, the, his sense of humor is similar enough to mine that I'm like, okay, I can do this and make a lot of references to horror movies, sci-fi stuff. Yep. The characters are so clearly defined in the show. It was easy to write. And then I'm like, okay, I know what these characters would do in this situation. And, uh, and plus... He's been so supportive and helpful and kind. His his intro to the book is immensely personal and kind, and he talks about loss and love and uh, it's uh, you know he wears his heart on his sleeve. It's really a story in its own. Like yeah. honestly, like yes. once you read that, you're like, oh wow. my god, okay, now yeah. let's get into the fun stuff. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit! <laughs> yeah, you 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 go through all of these emotions because yeah. you know I teared up reading it because yeah, yeah, he's talking about the friend the loss of his friend yeah. right. Uh, Dave Brocky, who uh, played Odorous Arungus from from Guar, from Guar and yep. but then uh, Odorous is in season one and two of the show, yep. and he's not in the comic because after he passed, we said, okay, well, we're not gonna not gonna have that character be in there anymore. Right, just um, more pay respect. To the right, exactly, exactly. Portrayed, hundred percent, yeah. And uh, it's a standalone story. People don't need to know the show to love this. Uh, it, but people are really responding, both fans of the show as well as people who've never heard of it before. Um, basically, the setup for this is that four broke horror filmmaker friends in Houston, Massachusetts, find a cursed credit card. It threatens to destroy them, destroy their friendship, and destroy the town of Houston itself. Yeah. And you got giant monsters. You've got killer robots. You've got kids from Cannibal Fat Camp, zombies, UFOs, all kinds of crazy stuff, as well as the great, deadliest threat of all, success. So... That's it's, it right there, man. It's the it's deadliest threat of success. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much fun, and people are really responding to it. There's there's sexy dancing ladies, there's sexy dancing men. So there's something for everybody to watch dance sexy at some point in this uh, story. Just not you, just not me, yeah, right? No, right. no. Which is actually like people would pay to not see me in the comic <laughs> dancing sexy. So uh, so what kind of fun did you have with this? Because I do re- I do recall talking to you. Uh, I believe it was at Monroe Comic Con, mm-hmm. and you said that you put a lot of easter egg type stuff in oh, yeah. this story. So, oh yeah. Um, not giving away too many of them but what can you give me in this interview right now that people to like send people down the direction of finding all the easter eggs. Oh yeah. So uh, there's all kinds of references to Stephen King stuff, slasher movies, sci-fi, blockbusters. There's something in there for, for everybody to kind of catch and say oh I get that right. right. Uh, there's stuff from you know Predator movies as well as you know Halloween uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, stuff like that. Also, it takes place on Halloween, so there's all these little costume gags, and uh, they go into a uh, pawn shop that's called Needful Items, uh, which is a riff on uh, Stephen King. And Needful Things. Needful yeah. Things, and all the stuff in there is from some horror or sci-fi or kooky cult midnight movie kind of a thing. That's it's a lot of fun, and uh, 
people are you know people are talking about this and they go back and they reread it and they're like oh that I found another thing and it's uh it's a lot of fun it's kind of like a Where's Waldo for uh, people with horror, uh, fans, horror yeah. fans yeah it's like the Big Bang Theory for horror nerds so I love it, man. yeah and I, just just from talking to you I can tell that you had so much fun actually doing this and. Getting the response now, like I can see it in your face. You're glowing, I'm really, right? yeah, no, I'm, I, I am, I am, and not just because I look like I'm pregnant, but <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun, and people are really responding to it, and we're in talks right now about keeping it going, getting another graphic novel based on Halston, and so good, it's so much fun. And season three comes out next year, so that's only going to gain more momentum, and uh, fans around the country are uh, taking pictures and stuff. They're, they're wearing costumes, holding up photos. One dude has it up on his wall, so my name is on some guy's apartment. That's and on awesome. the wall, I'm like, that's a really great feeling to see people responding so positively oh, be, with man. such enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, congratulations on your success with this. Oh, thank I, you I, so I'm, much, I'm Jimmy. Such a fan of your work, and then from Monstrous to, to Holliston, I'm loving what you're doing. Oh, and, thank you so much. You're doing with Source Point, it's awesome stuff. You're too kind, sir. You're too where, kind. Uh, I'm not saying stop, no, but no, I, <laughs> it's okay, yeah. where uh, where can people go to uh, to find uh, your other work and, and Holliston? Uh, they can go to SourcePointPress.com. Uh, we sell copies. We'll ship them to your door there. Also, all of my uh, comics are available on Comixology, drive through Comics. You can also get it through the Comics Blitz app. If you do a prescription, you can read. Uh, you do a pr- subscription. Wait, no. I yeah, do prescriptions. Not yeah. Sub, yeah. You do the prescription, <laughs> and then you enjoy the subscription more. <laughs> uh, and then you can read all of the stuff there. Uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. We have all these different ways of connecting with people. Um, if you want to check me out, I've got a Facebook, which is facebook.com slash Greg Wright Comic Books, or on Twitter with at Greg Henchman. So, right. yeah. Greg, thanks for talking to me, man. Thank Always you so much. I'm much appreciated, Jimmy. Thank you, thank you. All right, so to get your copy of Holliston Friendship is Tragic, you need to go to sourcepointpress.storeenvy.com. Select Holliston Friendship is Tragic and enter the promo code NINJASTARPOD. All one word. You're going to get 20% off on Holliston Friendship is Tragic or actually any product from uh, Source Point Press. So moving and the, on. And well, and that was the. Well, wait, go ahead. Yeah, go that ahead. was the book that they made that limited edition. Uh, you get eaten by zombie Power Rangers. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. The zombie Power Rangers. Yeah, but that's over. So if you didn't get that, you suck. You missed out. <laughs> you missed out. No, we're gonna we're gonna put that up on the site uh, pretty soon. Here, I'm gonna get a bunch of printed so people can get them, and we'll probably give them out at cons and stuff, and change them up a little bit or something. Yeah, we'll see. Um, so Dirk Manning was also there. Now, you can't just say, oh, Dirk Manning was there and then skip over this because Dick, <laughs> Dirk, Manning, Dirk Manning is a force to be reckoned with. Dirk Manning is arguably the most notable independent horror writer in the state. I'd go so far as to say the tri-state area. The man's following is huge. He is a social media genius and he is a genius when it comes to writing horror. Uh, this guy yeah, just true. released his... Tales of Mr. Ree, Volume 3, For Those Who Fight Monsters. I was in this book, man. Were you? Yes. See, I feel like I could get into like some horror comic books. Like, I'm not going to read Superman stuff. No, whatever, no, this is good. I would this enjoy that. Yes. So, you would very much enjoy this. I think I'll have this. to check out Dirk's I, uh, I was wrote in as, I don't, I'm not going to give too many, um, too many spoilers, but I'll give you a little, a little teaser. I was uh, I, I play a junkie. Oh. Um. I uh, I I used to be somebody, and uh, my my girlfriend is viciously killed in front of me by a demon. Oh my god! 
and uh, I end up getting involved in some some shit with some group of people. I get hurt and addicted to some pain pills and some drugs, and then I become a fucking junkie. Like a straight-up meth head? Straight-up meth head junkie (laughs) because I'm addicted to painkillers because of all this shit that happened. And I redeemed myself a little bit, but as I posted, I get killed, and I go down pretty badass, like, uh-huh. at least for me. And this is something that I wanted to do because, like, all of my friends' projects that that, that they do, mm-hmm. I want to be involved and I want to support them, but my only condition is I want to die. Right. Like, in every one of their products, you know, like, I got some friends that are doing some movies next summer that I'm going to be in, and I'm like, oh, that's great, but you got to kill me. I don't care what it is. Put me in the role and kill my ass. Like, let me be funny and die. Like, yeah. I'll be happy with that. Well, because it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so. it's awesome. Like, that's all I need. I don't, I'm not, I am not going to be no lead character. Like, I'll hear it to save the day. It's like, no, I'll come in and play the goofy stoner that gets his head chopped off. Like, I'm down with that. <laughs> That's L- sweet. Little, little true life there. Little true life, right. Dude, one of my favorite death scenes is from fucking Marlon Wayans when he's smoking and he gets shot and all the smoke's coming out of his lungs. He's like, oh, shit, son. It goes down. It's the best. Uh, all right, so back to Dirk Manning. Uh, Dirk Manning is fresh off the heels, like I said, of Tales of Mystery, Volume 3, Those Who Fight Monsters. Uh, he is promoting his brand new Kickstarter for the Nightmare World Omnibus, including... Nightmare World Volume 4. This is 1, 2, 3, and 4. For our Kickstarter donators, you are going to... You know what? I'm not going to tell you what you're going to get. I'm going to let Dirk tell you what you're going to get because you're going to want to donate to this Kickstarter because this shit is that badass. Not only are you... I am going to tell you. Not only are you going to get... I'm just going at the mouth. Not only are you getting the Nightmare World Omnibus, but if you donate to the Kickstarter just for the Kickstarter people at a $55 pledge or more, you're going to get a leather-bound, gold-edged, badass version of this omnibus that only the Kickstarter people uh, that, or people that donate to Kickstarter get. So without further ado, Mr. Dirk Manning. Ladies and gentlemen, live from Fantasticon, on the floor, with me right now, Mr. Dirk Manning, right off the heels of Tales of Mystery, Volume 3, in the midst of one of the most successful Kickstarters <laughs> on the market, the Nightmare World Omnibus, Dirk Manning. How are you, sir? I, I, I'm flabbergasted. I don't, know how to, I don't know how to respond to that kind of, like, phenomenal introduction. It's, it's, it's like, all wow. the wrestling. That, that was all the wrestling. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> Can I just be like Brock Lesnar and just sit here and like rock back and forth? Did like, you just you talk do. the whole yeah. time? Yeah, the whole time. Stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, brother. It's no good to problem. be here. Uh, yeah, super excited. There's actually, it, it, it's, it's just a little bit of a, a heartfelt moment for me. This is my uh, last convention appearance of 2016. Ah, alright. So, yeah, yeah. This is, this is it. I've been on the road since... Um, God, last January or February, and then uh, and now this is it. I'll be taking two months off the road. Uh, you know, put stuff together on the Nightmare World Omnibus campaign, which, like you said, is just blowing up and yes. just humbling. And uh, Tales of Mystery Volume Three will be shipped out to everybody. So I'll be. That means they got to officially start work on Volume Four. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so yeah, but things are good. Things yeah. are good, and I get to see you, man. Oh, it's awesome. One of the one of the 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 supporting characters in Tales of Mystery Volume Three. Yeah, I know, and so honored to be. Absolutely. Oh, no, it was my honor to do it. You you say that now when you read the pro story at the back. Uh, we'll, <laughs> yeah, I haven't I, read it yet. I, 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 my wore, opinion might change yeah, after I read it. I, I yeah. I, for people that aren't aware, uh, Jimmy and I uh, talked, and 
he wanted to be a character in the book, so we worked it out, you know, a pledge level where he could be a, a character in the pro story in the back of the book. And you're unsavory. Uh, I, I did. I did. It. You can be an unsavory character. And um, yeah, it, it's fun. We'll we'll see what you think of it. It's, yeah. it's actually ended up being. You were like my muse. It ended up being like a 13 page story. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. Normally, like when I do those short stories in the back of the Nightmare World books and stuff, I'll do like a page, you know, like two pages or so. Yeah. This one just took off, and 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 I ran with it. So. That's um, I, I can't wait to read it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the Kickstarter you got going on right okay, now for okay. uh, the Nightmare World Om- Omnibus. Yes, sir. Um, you were telling me earlier when I first came to your table that you are just a little bit away from the leather bound. Yes. Let's yeah. talk about that to oh. get, just to get people more into this because just from what you showed me, it it, it it's for lack of a better word, holy. It looks that good. <laughs> well, it's appropriate. It's the Nightmare World Bible. Um, what we're doing is for people that aren't familiar with Nightmare World. Nightmare World is a horror anthology series. There's 13 stories in each book. Each story is written by me, uh, drawn by different artists to art team. Kind of like a Twilight Zone, EC Comics vibe. Well, what's cool is uh, the 13 stories in each of the volumes are totally standalone, different genres of horror. You read them all together, they all weave into one giant story. So what we're doing with the Omnibus is um, it's going to collect the first three volumes, as well as Nightmare World Volume 4, which has never been in print. Um... So we're going to release Volume 4 separately, or you can get an omnibus of all 52 stories from all four books in one big, giant hardcover. And we're going through, we're completely reshuffling the order for the omnibus. Uh, and this is like my, I mean, they're all passion projects, I guess, but this is like, someone called this like my legacy book, mm-hmm. which I think for the time being, I think that's a good call. Uh, Nightmare World was the first comic I ever did. Uh, so to get to finally do Volume Four, people have been—it's been five years since Volume Three came out. Wow! Yeah, so people it's really been a labor of love. It's been a labor of love to get this out. We were with uh, Image Comics. There were some editorial changes, things like that. So, you know, I had to kind of get through that to be able to release the final book. Mm-hmm. Um, so to get to do Volume Four and do this omnibuses was, for me, in and of itself, an incredible moment. That being said, <laughs> when <laughs> this is—it's almost hard to talk about. Um, when we launched the Kickstarter to get a hardcover omnibus, 500 pages, all 52 stories, uh, we were funded in eight hours. Yeah, and, and I got to give credit to Derek Becker was actually the funding pledge from from uh, Comic Pros and Cons. So keep it in the family, I guess. Yeah. He was lurking and waiting. I know what he was doing. <laughs> but yeah, so we, we got funded in eight hours. Um, and we are now at, as of this recording, I'm going to take a peek here. We broke the 11th stretch goal last night. So we are at... Just pretend there's like a drum roll here. Wait, that wasn't a drum at all. Sorry. Kind of drums you playing, bro. Yeah, I don't know. We are at... Oh, my gosh. $24,397 with 18 days to go. Oh, my God. And if we get to 26... Everybody's uh, hardcover omnibus. Everyone who backs it on Kickstarter, it will become a uh, leather-bound uh, Kickstarter edition called the Nightmare World Bible. Yes. Leather-bound, ribbon bookmark, gold print on gold, the cover, gold print on the cover, gold gilded pages, yeah. and that's Kickstarter exclusive. It's the Bible. That's the Bible. Oh, that so it will so be good. literally the Bible edition, and then that'll only be for the Kickstarter backers, mm-hmm. and then everyone else will, you know, will, you know, when we sell in stores and stuff down the road. We'll get just a hard, a really nice hardcover edition, but it won't be the Bible. Right on. You only get the Bible. Well, if, you, 
if you back the Kickstarter. Right and the other thing, I'm just going to keep it real, 500-page, potentially leather-bound hardcover, 55 bucks. Can't beat that. No, I mean, it's not... I know I'm the bane of, my, of Devil's Due's existence when I say this, but to me it's not about making the money. It's about rewarding the people that are helping us print the book. Right. I mean, bottom line, that book is not going to be $55 in comic shops. No. And it's not going to be leather bound. No. So this is like the incentive to help people, you know, the people that are helping us make it possible. You're going to get this really sweet, special version of it right. by contributing. And that's, right. And that's our gift. That's the gift. gift to them. Exactly. And, that, and that's truly how I look at it. So, right yeah. Dirk, it's always such a pleasure to talk to oh, you. Oh, thank you, man. It's Please, a pleasure. Uh, plug your social media. Um, I'm going to sure. put a link on my page yep. so people yep. can contribute and get this leather bound. Oh, awesome. On the roll. Yeah, uh, yeah. People find you and, and uh, get more of your uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Tumblr, at Dirk Manning. Uh, look for the guy with the little icon of the guy with the top hat and the scarf. DirkManning.com is my website. And uh, yeah, that, that and check out the Kickstarter. Like said, if you like horror stuff, check out this Kickstarter. It's, it's going to be pretty awesome. Awesome. Dirk, always a pleasure, man. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. The Nightmare World Omnibus Kickstarter is 291 backers right now with 17 days to go, and it's already reached $24,843. This dude knows how to run a Kickstarter. No, 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 yeah, congratulations are in order. He does this every time. <laughs> yeah, he Every goddamn time. Thousands and thousands <laughs> of dollars. I'm talking 25, 30 grand. Like, this dude, like, he kills it every time. Um, but he's got the, the, the following to do it. Like, he's really, really good at what he does. You know, like, it just going back to my side, I'm not trying to suggest because I was in the book, but <laughs> even in my story, you know, it, 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 it there's Jimmy, like my story. Yeah. Well, <laughs> in, in my story in the book, there's, there's roughly like four characters, you know, main characters that get introduced at different times and then it loops around and they connect and then they don't and then they do and then they don't. And you're like, this this is some genius writing. You know, the guy is great. He really is. He's good at what he does. That's why it's Dirk's world and we're just living in it. That's all I'm <laughs> um, So we also got to talk to another Source Point creator, uh, one of our absolute dear friends, Starship alumni for sure, Mr. Dave Hayes. Uh, Dave has been in roughly a little over 60 movies. I think he said like 66, 67 wow. movies that he's been in. Uh, he, he's extremely talented, very creative, uh, you know, a great writer. Uh, he is promoting Rotten Tail right now, uh, which is going to the silver screen right now. There's, uh, they're getting practical effects made for the rabbit and it, it's happening. Awesome. It's happening. It's going to be great. Uh, this guy, he, you know, Dave, he, he really had like when you go to Dave's table, he's got this whole table full of uh, you know of stuff that Everything. he's done and and movies that he's been in. And you know, I, I kind of got a bad taste in my mouth from that Garoder movie about independent film. Like when I went and saw that, I was like, this fucking movie blows. And mm-hmm. Dave's movie really took me back to appreciate independent film again because last night after we talked to Dave, uh, I took. Uh, Nikki back to the house and we watched Bloody Bloody Bible Camp, which is a movie that Dave was in uh, a couple years ago. And it is so goddamn hilarious. Oh, really? Like, dude, me and Nikki were both in tears laughing our asses off huh. at this movie. And I went and told him today when I saw it, I was like, dude, we, I, I showed her Bloody Bloody Bible Camp and it's like, this movie is so goddamn amazing. You know, like, the stuff that he was in is, su- is, is absolute quality. It is. It's independent, 
But it's quality. Just because something is independent doesn't mean it's always crap. There's just a lot of independent crap out there. But there's yeah. gold. Yeah, there's there's a difference there. between lacking funding and having talent and lacking funding and talent. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there's a major, major difference. Uh, so without further ado, let me get into the interview that we had at Fantasticon 2016 in Mount Clemens with Mr. Dave Hayes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. I am standing here with Mr. Dave Hayes, the least most famous man in Michigan. That's awesome. Isn't it? It is, and I've never been the main event. <laughs> Ever. So tell me about Rotten Tail, because oh, you yeah. were telling me when I got here today, you guys have movie things going on with this, like yeah. you got sci-fi things happening yeah. with this, like let me know, because I'm uh, super interested. Rotten Tail, the, the graphic novel, Giant Mutant Easter Bunny, Killing Spree, Awesomeness, Peter Cotton. Vengeance Tale, Back to Easter Falls, just cool. Um, we started. It's it's it started. It's a movie. It's it's done. I wrote the script, uh, the screenplay based off of the the graphic novel, and uh, it's 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 moving forward. Uh, there's makeup people working now on the animatronic bunny suits uh, the, that a live human being will be in. This live human being has been cast. Corin Nemec from Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Uh, Parker Lewis himself is going to be playing Peter Cotton, the bunny. Giant Rotten Tail. Uh, we're shooting for Sci-Fi Channel. That's that's the goal. That there's some there's some outside lines for it right now. But regardless of where it goes, it's out in 2017. Uh, feature film, first one from SourcePoint Press. Um, my 66th or something. I don't know. Wow. Something like that. Wow. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're really excited. Uh, we're, the principal photography is going to end in January. Uh, I'm going to go out. and have a little cameo. In the film as well, Very so cool. uh, you know. Now you said uh, this is an anim- animatronic bunny, so this is practical effects. Pract- it's totally one hundred percent practical effects for the Who rabbit. Who have doing the effects for this? Uh, one? Todd Turner uh, from Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, nice! So he did some uh, so all the practical effects there. We're part of the team. Uh, he's done tons of stuff all mm-hmm. over the place. So they are they're doing the face casts now. Um, you know, the ears are going to work. Uh, the, the the facial expressions are going to work, and it's 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 going to be pretty badass. So is this going to be all practical effects, or will there be digital? There'll be some as digital well? too, uh, okay. but, the, but the bunny itself yeah. is, is going to be physical. That's sweet. He's going to be hopping and chopping. That's sweet, man. That's so cool. So where did the where did the whole idea of of Rod and Tail come from? Because you said you wrote the script. So I did. Where were you in life when you decided to write about a scary? bunny that just went around and killed people. In 2002, this whole thing started. Okay. And uh, it started as a movie idea, because there's no, you know, classic uh, holiday-themed horror films are out there. Halloween plays every year. Silent Night, Deadly Night plays every year. Fourth of July has one. Uncle Sam. Right, right. But Easter didn't really have anything. Mm -hmm. And I I wanted this thing that would be perennial, that kind of pokes fun at the fact that, you know, yeah, you know, you take over a culture or two, and you got to adopt what they're doing. You know, there's, you know, in in the the resurrection of Jesus, there's not too many bunnies jumping around. No, no, not at all. No, but that's something that we had to, you know, you take over a pagan culture. Like, oh, we have bunnies too. Look, you're one of us now. Right, we like bunnies. (laughs) Bunnies are cute. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna move some dates for you. Yeah, that's all right. Spring solstice. Well, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So the the whole concept, of, like, I wanted to poke fun at that, and I wanted it to, to make this this fun, gory, jumping around, um, more horror comedy than anything else, and no one wanted it. Right on. No one wanted it. It was just like dead. Kept getting rejected. Every DOA. Year. And then it's like, ah, oh, screw this. I got with Kurt Belcher and Kentucky and said, hey, let's make a comic. Mm-hmm. Made a comic. No one wanted it. 
still. No, no one wanted this damn thing. And, uh, you know, we're, we self-published, uh, you know, maybe, there's maybe 50 copies of it out in the world. And then so I come to Travis uh, McIntyre at SourcePoint Press, and he's like, your cover sucks. That's why, so take, your he, cover he, sucks. He took one of, the, one of the pinups from the inside, made that the cover, and now we can't keep it in stock. People love it. Uh, Shoreline Entertainment uh, took a look at it, and then they're, 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 they're what moved everything forward in L.A. with the movie, and... I just had the wrong cover. That's I had, I had a, isn't it amazing that you have all the right ingredients and one little thing one in the little, presentation can... It was probably like, you know, me too. Like, that dude is like fat. He smells like meatloaf. <laughs> like, I got a story about a bunny. It's a funny bunny And he story. does stuff sometimes and kills people. He's a jumpy bunny. <laughs> Easter needs a horror movie, guys. <laughs> but yeah. Okay, go back to the pizza buffet, Lardo. And then right, Travis right. will walk up with it. Oh, he looks like a pirate. We can trust right, him. Right, like Viking pirate. No, look at I that. I like this guy. He's got an edge to him. That cover's great. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I'm scared of this guy. <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's where we're at with it. Um, so uh, that's moving forward. Um, we're thinking of, uh, you know, when it's ready, we're going to do a re-release uh, into bookstores with, like, a photo cover from the movie. Okay. That's a concept out there. If it does really well, I get to make Son of Rotten Tail. That's already in the uh, in the works. Very cool. So, yeah, ideally, every Easter, this thing's going to crop up in your TV and you're not going to be able to avoid it. That's fantastic, man. Uh, when do you when do you expect uh, wrap-up and everything? Like, what, what, what is the date for, let's see this? We're shooting for Easter next year. That's awesome. And if it doesn't make it, it'll be soon after. Okay, okay. Still, man, we're looking yeah. forward to it. I hope uh, it all happens for you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Awesome. It's Dave, working. Please uh, go ahead, plug your social media where everybody can find oh, yeah, you uh, and get copies of Rotten Tail. Uh, you go to uh, facebook.com backslash abnormal ENT, or you can uh, find me online at davidchays.com. As always, go to sourcepointpress.com and uh, you know, listen to uh, the Ninja Starship, the official podcast of Sourcepoint Press. There you go. You got that plug. Maybe. And use Ninja Star Pod and you'll get 20% off Rotten Tail. How's you that? You will. You won't you want to give it back because it's so good. That's right. <laughs> awesome. Dave, thanks, man. My pleasure. You can find Rotten Tail at sourcepointpress.storeenvy.com. Don't forget, use offer code NINJASTARPOD to get your 20% off. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to close the show with some really awesome news about the blowjob queen of America on the Ninja Starship. You know, you know what I noticed? Nobody panics when things go according to plan. Even if the plan is horrifying. If tomorrow I tell the press that like a gangbanger will get shot, or a truckload of soldiers will be blowing up, nobody panics. Because it's all part of the plan. Porn star Allie Hayes is the new queen of going down on America. (laughs) You guys all thought it was me. (laughs) (laughs) So, no, it it just came across my feed right before we were about to take a break. So I was like, let's lead with that. The new blowjob queen of America is uh, Allie Hayes. Says she entered the porn industry when she was 22 years old. And she is most known, most notably for... Star Wars Triple X, a porn parody. She played Princess Leia. (laughs) Yeah, Princess Leia is the new blowjob queen of America, ladies and gentlemen. You're almost suck a mean dick. Hell yeah. To get that title. May the force be with her. (laughs) How how you get that? Did they say like what she did to get that title? 
I would assume suck as much dick as possible. <laughs> uh, and really well. Either that or like look like she did it very well because it's on film. You know, like I, at least for me, the porn stars that I tend to really gravitate to and watch are the ones that look like they're having a good time when they're getting right. laid. Not the ones that look like they're scared to death of the guy fucking them. That one really, those those <laughs> ones get to me, you know. Or like, don't like stare at the camera the whole time. Yeah. Like, at least try to make it realistic. Right, like we right. know it's fake. Or the ones where it's like, you know, they're just like getting their fucking uh, throat rammed by a dick and all you hear is that <laughs> uh, 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 sound. I'm like... You're, I can't. It, it's taking me out of this. Like, no. <laughs> the ones you know? that are like constantly just drool coming out of their mouth. No, like, I like that. Yeah, I'm down for that. Just, yeah. Don't sound like you're about to puke Get all over sloppy his cock. shit with it. Just yeah. don't be all glug, 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 glug. Like, yeah. it's like, right. come on. You can't handle all that. I know. That's too much dick for you. Not, I mean, it, maybe I know some guys are into that and some chicks are into that. <laughs> but just for me, like, you know, I'd rather let you do your thing. I don't need to fuck you in the back of the throat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my god We're gonna end on that note Because there is not a better note to end on Than being fucked in the throat Until next week ladies and gentlemen Thank you for listening That's a show Thank you for listening to the Ninja Starship With Jamie McKnight Your source for the best and weirdest highlights In pop culture, sports, entertainment And America Visit ninjastarpod.com to email the show Ninja Starpod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat Available on iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast listening app If you listen on iTunes, make sure to click subscribe So you never miss an episode And make sure to leave an iTunes review Because we love hearing from you Yes, all of you This show is a proud member of the Podcast Detroit Network, the Points of Interest Podcast Network, the Wicked Radio Network, and the Tangent Bound Network. All episodes are sponsored by the Falling Down Beer Company, Sourcepoint Press, and TMNT Box. Go to ninjastarpod.com for more information on killer deals from our sponsors.